I was on Twitter and everyone was like, Capital was like, what is happening? Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. It's just a measure of how their season has been going. They, they can't catch a break no matter how hard they're trying. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette. We don't just play the game. We change it. Gillette. Made of what matters. This is News Talk. We're headed towards Christmas week. Happy to say, time for some reflection. Your sporting highlights and lowlights for 2021. Send them in, please. 53106. It's Dave McIntyre, Kieran Cunningham, leading the charge on that front just before half past seven. They'll be reviewing the year that was. So, any uh, thoughts? We will take them. 53106. Aidan O'Mahony, five times an All Ireland winner with Kerry. He's written about his life and his football career in his new autobiography. It's called Unbroken. So, Aidan O'Mahony is with us after 8 o'clock. Football show will feature Simon Cooper talking about Xavi at Barcelona. Simon recently wrote the book on Barcelona, of course, so hopefully some Xavi insights coming our way. Uh, Stewie Byrne with us as well after half nine. 53106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Richard McCormick, hello. Hey, Joe. And Dave McIntyre, who will be on with us uh, for the full hour. Hello. What a treat for you. I know. There was a degree of thinking here Leinster, Munster postponed, COVID ravaging through the sporting world. Should we do a piece on COVID? And we thought, no, let's not, let's not inflict that on people. So uh, COVID pieces, uh, free zone, I think, this evening. So we thought we would reflect on the year that was. You've picked out, uh, we went for, we thought we would go for a, a positive slant. We asked you for three highlights, one low light from the sporting year that was. Was this an easy list to compile? Don't give any spoilers. It was actually. It didn't uh, take me too long to to come up with it. I was left very disappointed by some sports this year. That I didn't feel there were. It was a standout year in Gaelic games, for example. I really didn't feel it was a standout year by any stretch, bar the Euros, which was excellent in uh, football. So I've gone a little um, out of left field for my choices today. Okay, very good, Richie. I said to you because you're not going to be on with Kieran and Dave. Yeah. Give us one highlight, one low light from the year 2021. The only rule, of course, was you can't have COVID as your low light because yeah, you know COVID wasn't COVID wasn't allowed uh, as regards low lights. Um, highlights. I'll go positive first. I like there'd be two pretty personal ones, I guess. Um, Bo's game in the Aviva against Jarnan in the Conference League qualifiers for the fact that. It was the first time that Bose had played in the Aviva. It was my first game back after uh, the unpleasantness of this bloody war that's ongoing. And we won 3-0 and there was a kind of a sense of optimism around the team and what was possible for Irish teams in Europe and what was possible for the club as regards building a fan base. Um, so, yeah, and I think I was there with two of, the, two of my sons and it was just, it was a fantastic occasion. Like, I, I can only look back on that as being my highlight. Like, you can look at the the... The, the national kind of achievements, the the Kelly Harringtons, the the rowing lads, um, Rachel Blackmore and all she did. Um, but as well, I'm going to throw in uh, the Mead footballers winning the All-Ireland Ladies Championship as well because like, to come from where they did in terms of the last few years and where Mead Ladies Football, Women's Football had been over the past few years, to go and win an All-Ireland and to do it in the fashion that they did, it was just absolutely remarkable and made everybody around the county uh, pretty happy as well. And just one of those occasions that, uh, you know, wish I could have called me dad over because it would have been uh, absolutely mighty crack <laughs> to kind of revel in that for a few days and uh, maybe take a trip out to Kildaki. But like, yeah, just uh, those those have been my two, two highlights. Lowlights-wise, God, like Dave mentioned, like 
Gee, yeah, he was like such and in terms of like men's football and hurling. It was just um, not degrading the achievements of, of people involved, but it was uh, yeah, it, was, it was, wasn't exceptional stuff this year. Um, geez, I don't know. Apart from the FA Cup final, for obvious reasons, uh, for losing on penalties, I don't know. It's 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 hard to pick. I think I guess the Luxembourg game probably would stand out for me as as being a low light because. It, like in terms of where Ireland, where as where is a football team, things have improved obviously in the six months since. Um, but where they were back in March, that was a really low kick in the nuts for everybody. I think that was involved in Irish football, and also marked a real low in terms of the discourse around the Irish football team, whereby everything became polarized. Like it, it was like the whole iron filings experiment that you do at the north and south pole of a magnet, because everything just spread out completely, and there was no. Uh, middle ground and no sensible discussion to be had for a couple of months around then things have improved as you say since but definitely you could point towards the Luxembourg game as possibly the most deflating moment of the year yeah that's quite a worrying state of affairs for men's GAA Dave if you're of the opinion that there was nothing really that grabbed you and Richie sort of saying well the seasons as a whole were a bit of a low light I mean that's a wake-up call I think for all concerned isn't it it is really and look it's not the first year where i felt that the all-ireland football championship in particular didn't begin until the all-ireland semi-finals but it was the case this year it has been the case in years past particularly when dublin were at their strongest at least we did get to really intriguing i'm not sure how high on quality they were in terms of classics that we may have had in semi-finals over the last decade i mean the dublin Kerry games for example stand out the dublin mayo games um in when they did meet in the last four but Kerry Tyrone was you couldn't take your eyes off it and Mayo Dublin for the significance of it and the fact that yeah you, you had the six-time champions dethroned you had Mary Mayo finally getting over Dublin after nine year years but unfortunately they did the very Mayo thing and went on and lost to Tyrone in the sem- in the final just as they did after beating Dublin in 2012 went on and lost to the Ulster champions Tony Gold but the hurling was just you never felt like any side other than Limerick were going to win it and the hurling championship has been just a joy in the last decade. We've had so many different champions. I think the reintroduction of the Round Robins and Leinster and Munster has been a really big success. We had none of that this year either. And I just left was left feeling a little shortchanged by both the hurling and football championships this year. Mm. A few texts already come in. It's amazing how much you forget from the year that was. Matsuyama's caddy taking a bow at Augusta. Touch of class, says Denny. That was an amazing moment. Brian highlights Rachel Blackmore the continuing greatness of Katie and the discovery of oh I think for a lot of people this was a highlight of 2021 I agree the discovery of Gavin Bazunu. I mean that is a highlight yeah. Gavin Bazunu is a highlight I think of 2021 for Irish fans uh, Ericsson collapsing on the pitch Jordan Cork yeah I mean that was horrific were you, were you I can't remember were you watching that live I wasn't I was listening to it on the radio Ericsson yeah. yeah yeah I was watching I, that I, that was that was a contender for my low light as well That's because true. I suppose like sport is, it's, sport ended, is to take, it's ended uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- in a reasonably positive, positive way. Note, yeah, but, yeah. But but those those few minutes where he's on the ground and the Denmark teammates are shielding him and his wife is making his way her way to the pitch and everything is really dark and somber and for like you're you're watching a major international tournament in the summer you're supposed to be you know completely uh, devoid of reality and there's no sense that this is the real world happening this is pure entertainment and a on a grand scale it's unfolding before your eyes for a month and then like the most real thing in the world is occurring on the pitch and everybody was a spectator to it and that like really really like that affected 
I think my enjoyment of the tournament from that point on because did it because I would have the Euros. Yeah. I'd have the Euros. I think it's quite a broad one to pick, but I think I'd have the Euros yeah. as my highlight of the sporting year. I thought the Euros were just amazing. I didn't go into them with high hopes for a variety of reasons and they blew me away. I thought the Euros was just the business for that month. And uh, look, there's probably a degree of it's summer, we're increasingly at the gap when it comes to COVID and that probably fed into it. But geez, I thought mm. the Euros. Right Some up, of it. Right up yeah. and in, to and including the final, I thought was just uh, compelling. Yeah, I loved it. I loved Italy during that tournament. Uh, oh, Spinazzolo yeah. was probably my favourite player of the tournament. The, the energy that came from the bench in terms of Mancini, Viali, uh, Alberigo, Avani, and Lombardo and co. Like, it, the, all that was great. Um, the events around the final were ugly. Um, the events involving like everything to do with Hungary throughout the year and not just at the Euros were ugly. Um, so that kind of, and then the Ericsson stuff obviously kind of took away from it for me. Mm. I think it was a very good year for international football as a whole, Joe. Obviously, we had our struggles from the Republic of Ireland point of view, but that picked up as well as the year went on. You could really start to feel the debate was shifting in Stephen Kenny's favour, but you had Argentina and Leo Messi finally getting over the line in the Copa America. Even the Nations League semi-finals and finals were three absolutely brilliant games. You've already mentioned the Euros and how spectacular they were. The likes of North Macedonia, for example, making their debut on the big stage as well. It definitely... Uh, cast a shadow over the club game this year in particular for me there was very little international football that I watched or commentated on that I didn't get a, a kick out of in 2021 uh, Keep your texts coming in there's a bunch coming in to 53106 I'll get to a few we should start the news round which is as ever with thanks to Gillette put your best face forward with our new and improved razors and now we're into the COVID section I'm afraid Yes, indeed. This is what we should just rename this the COVID section. It's not the news round anymore. Uh, the St. Stephen's Day clash of Munster and Leinster has been postponed. It follows a number of new COVID 19 cases reported today among the Leinster squad. Leinster will resume training next Tuesday with the aim of fulfilling their New Year's Day fixture away to Ulster. URC organisers say they will consider potential dates for the rearranged game uh, between Munster and Leinster at Thomond Park. I would suspect, Dave, the EPC or Medical Committee are saying that this latest development vindicates their decision to award Montpellier the game on Friday. Um, yeah, well, if there is a scrap to be had in the days and weeks ahead between Leinster Rugby and the EPC or this may be pointed towards as somewhat uh, evidential in the EPCOR's favour but I just I mean we've had this conversation so many times when I've been on the news round with mm. you and Richie over the last couple of weeks I just don't know what to say about it anymore the rugby season is falling to pieces and I just would not want to be in the administrative offices in the hierarchy of the EPCOR or the URC at the moment because there was very little wriggle room as there was. We've seen the news in the last couple of days where they're trying to reschedule the games involving the South African franchises and the European-based sides in the URC for February. It's going to lead to a fixture pileup. Here's another big fixture that's gone. That's not even getting into the financial significance of it for Munster, who had sold every ticket that was going for this game. And it just goes from bad to worse. And it's uh, it's just blow after blow for yeah. the professional game in this country. Yeah. The Heineken Champions Cup in particular has had a terrible couple of years. Jack Chambers then, he was on with Pat Kenny this morning. Yeah, Jack Chambers says he's also met with the IRFU this week as talks continue over the future of Irish women's rugby. The Minister of State for Sport, along with Minister Catherine Martin, met delegation of current and former players yesterday. Minister Chambers spoke to Jonathan Healy on News Talk earlier discussing his meeting with the players. And, uh, I know they released a statement yesterday that they had a positive and constructive meeting uh, and they had three core asks. 
Uh, and I'm optimistic now, having met them and having engaged with the IRFU as well, that there's a way forward on these issues. Uh, they want to see publication of the reviews, and that's now going to happen. They want to have better engagement and dialogue with uh, the IRFU, and they're going to be meeting in the early new year between the players and the IRFU, but also to have oversight and implementation of many of the issues in women's rugby. Uh, and we've involved Sport Ireland in that, so that there's engagement in Sport Ireland and the players. Um, so we need to build trust. We need to uh, enhance that respect around the, the women's game. Uh, and we're in everything I do around sport, uh, we're trying to promote female participation from grassroots right okay. through up to high performance. You, and I'm confident now that there's now space to make progress on the issues they outlined. There you are, Jack Chambers, speaking to Jonathan Ely on the Pat Kenny Show this morning. And more rugby news then, Alton Delan. Yeah, he's going to leave Connacht at the end of the season, Joe. The Ireland Lock has made 122 appearances for the province so far over the last decade, and it's expected Delan will link up with Ronan O'Gara and Dunica Ryan at La Rochelle. Interesting move, Dave. Yeah, it's a great move for him, I think. And I'd say he's thought long and hard about it. He's 28 years old, so he's probably got maybe two big contracts left in him. No doubt if he was being regularly featuring for, for the Irish national side and he was very much in the plans of Andy Farrell, I don't think he would be going anywhere. But I think he feels maybe he slipped down the pecking order in terms of our second row forwards. He's been a brilliant servant of Connacht. Um, I was commentating in the Connacht-Leicester game at the weekend and I just thought he was a really good leader. He was calling the line out. He looks like he's matured massively. And as a player who's pretty durable when it comes to that position, I think there should be a host of top 14 clubs in particular after him. I know the likes of Racing and La Rochelle have been mentioned, but anybody who gets their hands on Delan is uh, is not going to be left disappointed, I would say. Mm. Sporting highlight has to be Formula One resurrecting itself as one of the great TV sports. Says now, It's certainly been the year of Formula One in particular. Uh, sporting low light, the GAs and transients and resistance to change around proposal B. They looked a gift horse in the mouth and said, no, thanks. Really annoying, says Barry and Ross Trevor. Yeah, I suspect you won't be the only one with that thought. There is talk of renewed efforts in February of Congress to get something off the ground, but we'll hold our breath. So Ulster, a couple of new deals signed. Yeah, three Ulster players signing new deals with the province today. Tom O'Toole, Matty Ray and James Hewn are all going to stay with the province until the summer of 2024. Uh, but on the bad news side of things for Ulster, Ian Henderson and Stuart McCluskey, both facing a number of weeks out after su- suffering suspect- respective ankle and hamstring injuries in last week's win over Northampton. Now the swimming. Yeah, pretty good week for Ireland, who ended the World Short Course Swimming Championships in Abu Dhabi with two medals and seven finalists. Mona McSharry set the 18th Irish record of the meet with a swim of 2 minutes 20.19 seconds in the final of the 200-metre breaststroke. The Sligo swimmer had occupied the bronze medal position with 50 metres to go, but she ultimately had to settle for seventh. Jack McMillan placed seventh in the final of the men's 100-metre freestyle, and in his first international final over the distance, Daniel Whiffen was eighth in the men's 1,500-metre freestyle. There's a world record set in that race. A bronze medalist yesterday, though, McSharry was delighted with a week in which she set eight new Irish best times. It's it's amazing, you know, because especially a lot of my events will have heat semis and finals. Um, and, you know, you can't just do a really fast time in the semis and then not be able to perform again in the finals. It doesn't really mean anything at that point. So it's great to be able to, you know, consistently get faster and, and do better and learn from each race. 
Yeah, she's had quite the year as well. Lads, Alison, head of God, goal against West Brom. Injury time over, bang. Loves it into top corner. Saves Liverpool's entire season in one miraculous swoop. What a guy. We'll forgive him for coughing up the points on Sunday, says Barry and Bayside. Yeah, gave an extraordinary interview as well afterwards. Very uh, emotional, Alison. I do remember that. That feels, Dave, about, I guess, conservatively eight years ago at this stage. <laughs> Can't, I cannot believe that's this year. So much has happened since then. When was that? March, was it? When did the Premier League season um, end? It would have been a bit later, even. Yeah, but but it was a bit later. It, bit it was a bit May, after, yeah. maybe into early late April, early May. Yeah. It was a spectacular moment of fairness, and um, obviously he'd had a, a lot to deal with off the pitch. But yeah, there's so much that has happened since then. It's incredible. Yeah, Roger Allen highlight Irish rugby team in autumn. Low light Gordon Elliott controversy, which I guess is uh, thankfully all behind us now. The Irish rugby team hitting new heights in autumn was a surprise highlight because I just thought as we left the Six Nations even England's result notwithstanding Dave I kind of thought well not really sure I wouldn't put my mortgage on them replicating what they did against England that felt like a very emotional one-off type performance and the autumn performances have kind of in a sense come out of nowhere but they've been brilliant yeah, we are brilliant in the autumn, and it's not just the, the results, which are obviously something that you would hope would happen, but the manner in which the results were achieved, um, it's not that long ago. And again, you lose track of time completely, but there was a sense that my cat was close to being hounded out of his job at one stage. And what is he doing? What has he been yeah. paid to do? And there's no shape to our attack and no sign lost, of any progression. If they'd lost the England game, Cat could have been in trouble or would the, there would have been certainly mm-hmm. serious scrutiny on him. He may well have had huge support behind the scenes, but there would have been huge public scrutiny on him. Yeah, I think so. But so you you always feel that you need to separate that sort of performance against England away from anything else that comes afterwards or went before, because as you say, it's it raised the old cliche: form goes out the window and those sorts of games, and that has manifested itself so often. When England, for example, are going for a championship or a Grand Slam and come to Dublin and Ireland just drive them into the ground, but they followed it up big time in the summer and then in the autumn, and they played some brilliant rugby against the All Blacks. And you would hope they can take that now into the new year and that uh, the Leinster or the Irish provinces find some form in the Champions Cup. You hope those games are played. And then you would really obviously hope that COVID does not interfere with the Six Nations and Ireland can try and build on what they've already put together in the last six months. Mm. So we have live football this evening, Carabao Cup. Yeah, the lowest ranked side left in the tournament. Sunderland are aiming to cause an upset against Arsenal in the quarterfinals this evening. Mikel Arteta's team go into the tie at the Emirates, having won their last three matches in the top flight. He's gone with a mix of youth and experience in that Arsenal team tonight. No Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang once again, absent from the Arsenal squad because of the disciplinary issues that saw him stripped of the captaincy earlier this month. Republic of Ireland International Aidan O'Brien is on the bench for Sunderland tonight and kickoff is at 7.45. Mm. So, up in Scotland, Celtic are uh, looking for some kind of a break. Yeah, Celtic have urged the Scottish Premiership to bring forward their winter break. It follows the announcement from First Minister Nicola Sturgeon there that capacities at sporting venues will be limited to just 500 people from St. Stephen's Day to combat rising coronavirus case numbers. The hiatus is currently due to start on January 3rd for three weeks. Parkhead side say the game owes it to supporters to maximise the prospect of them being able to attend matches. Mm. And Antonio Conte then. So Spurs are challenging their exit. I would have thought they would have taken this exit and run <laughs> and delighted. Yeah. I'd say they're probably looking for some kind of financial recompense is going to be the upshot of all this. Uh, but Antonio Conte saying Tottenham will challenge their exit from Europe. Spurs were condemned to third in their Conference League Group G after UEFA awarded Ren a 3-0 win for their postponed match. Conte has described the decision as unfair, saying today that the club will take legal recourse. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is another uh, another step. And uh, now UEFA um, took this decision, but and uh, there is uh, another step, and uh, and we are confident that uh, in another step, and uh, they had <laughs> they take the a normal a normal decision, not uh, a a decision in our favor, a normal decision, because I repeat, uh, it was incredible what what uh, uh, UEFA did, but um, also in the explanation uh, about this defeat, uh, um, I, have, uh, I, I have read that uh, Tottenham uh, couldn't uh, play um, the game for COVID case. And, uh, and despite this, and uh, they, they, they took this uh, this decision, but we are uh, we are very very confident and uh, for uh, for the next step because I repeat, we deserve to play the qualification on the pitch, not uh, on the court. Also because this is not fault, and uh, I can't accept this, uh, and I'm very disappointed uh, with the UEFA for this decision. Okay, so that's Conte. We are pretty much done for the news round this evening. A few quick texts. Resurgence of Stephen Kenny's young Irish side, particularly the way fans could see what he was at, stuck by him, was very gratifying, says Jimmy. Been going to Lansdowne for 35 years. Atmosphere and buzz in the Portugal match last night was the best in years. Highlight of my year. Uh, Tyrone Kerry game, unbelievable in person after a long time away from a big match atmosphere, says Dan. And Sean Clon Griffin. My three highlights are Phil winning the PGA. That was... Extraordinary evening, actually. Phil winning the PGA at 50. Uh, Rachel Blackmore and then Ireland beating the All Blacks in November. So that's Sean England Griffin. Fellas, we are out of time. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette. We don't just play the game. We change it. Gillette. Made of what matters.